Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line In the happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry Cause now we going fishing for Paul Bunyan country It is Friday, but there's not going to be much fishing in Paul Bunyan country Of course, see, even if the water was open There's a limited number of species you can fish for right now And most lakes the water's not quite open yet But it looks like it will be for open well, today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we kick off a series that we do before the start of every fishing season where we take a look at what I call the four pillars of Paul Bunyan Country, four of the big superstar waters in our neck of the woods, Lake of the Woods, Lake Winnie, Red Lake, and Leech Lake. And there aren't many much more key than Leech Lake, uh, just one of the big, big staples and stars of fishing in Paul Bunyan Country. Doug Schultz, the uh, Walker Area Fisheries Manager, joining me. And, uh, you know, um, we've talked about it every year. Um, we had we had a problem several years ago. That appears to have been uh, been solved, and this lake has really taken off since we got the cormorants under control. Yeah, it's, it's really continued, uh, continued on our trajectory uh, to the point where we're actually, uh, you know, later this summer going to be proposing further relaxation of, of uh, walleye harvest regulations on Leech Lake for potential implementation in 2019. Um, the background on that, you know, part of that uh, program to rebuild the walleye population that started in the mid-2000s was uh, 18 to 26-inch slot limit with a possession limit for uh, one over 26 inches in possession. That started in 2005, and, um, you know, I, that in combination with other things we are doing obviously worked. And we relaxed that regulation in 2014 to our current 20 to 26 inch slot limit. Um, you know, our goal was to uh, we, we were exceeding goals in some areas, and, and really the intent of that uh, 20 to 26 inch regulation was to bring that down a little bit and maintain it. And um, we've, despite that uh, more liberal reg- regulation, we've continued to uh, see the walleye population grow. So, uh, you know, right now we're just in a really good place. Uh, we're going to propose uh, going to a uh, four-fish possession limit, one over 20 inches, uh, potentially effective 2019. So we're going to have a public uh, input meeting uh, late September, early October uh, this summer and uh, uh, solicit comments, obviously, uh, like we have in the past. And uh, I, I suspect it should be pretty well received. And, and really, this is about taking advantage of a great situation that we have right now. Um, the reason we got here was was not so much the regulation as it, uh, the, the 20 to 26 in slot limit, as much as it was we've had very consistent walleye production each year since about 2010. Uh, we haven't had a port of walleye year class work its way through the system yet. Well, when that happens, you know, the walleye population has continued to build. So... Uh, you know, we're going to propose that change, and we think it's probably going to be a little bit short-lived, you know, maybe in the three- to five-year range, depending on what kind of fishing pressure we see in response to it. Uh, you know, you end up with high pressure and a hot bite. It could really uh, uh, ratchet it down pretty quick. Or, uh, you know, if we end up with a four-year class or two working its way through the system, but that would uh, 
be a, a, a good reason to uh, revert back to a, a little bit more restrictive regulation as well. But, you know, we're in a great spot right now. Uh, you know, take advantage of it, and, and uh, we'll see how long that lasts. You, you did a multi-pronged approach uh, when you first uh, went after this issue. Uh, one of them was uh, cormorant control. I presume that continues? Yeah, and, and we've been able to do that uh, last year and again this year under special uh, special permit with the Fish and Wildlife Service because we are doing uh, more diet work as well. Um, we, we have the diet work that we did uh, through the mid-2000s uh, when we first started doing cormorant management. Um, we wanted to get additional diet work done now before zebra mussels expanded. Again, le- uh, leech is infested with zebra mussels. We first found villagers a couple years ago. Last year we saw our first adults in the lake. So uh, knowing that we're still on that in that window that of, of capturing you know, kind of how things used to be before zebra mussels really take off and, and start exi- exerting an influence on the system, we want to make sure we have a really good handle how cormorants fit into that. And then we'll probably do more cormorant diet work again um, in the future after zebra mussels have been established to see what kind of changes you know, might have occurred. The other thing you did was a very aggressive stocking program, but that's done now, and you're all natural again, right? Yeah, and, and you know we've uh, last year we had our highest uh, young year production we've ever had on record. I think we saw seven seventy five. Uh, roughly per hour in the trawl hall, which blew a historical high of 507 out of the water. Um, you know, production's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, the uh, it's one big reason our, our walleye population has continued to do so good. Is uh, you know we got great habitat. Uh, you know, by building up uh, spawners, by protecting them longer with the slot limit, it's had a very positive effect on recruitment. And this is really just about you know. Exceeding our goals, coming back down to our, our objective ranges, and then, you know, in all likelihood, we'll probably tighten the regulations up again in the future. Okay. Have you noticed a change in water quality um, due to the um, zebra mussels or anything else? Not yet. Um, so far, at least for the records that we have, water qual- uh, clarity has stayed within the, the historical range that we have available to us. Uh, we expect that's probably going to start shifting maybe within the next five years as zebra mussels expand and, and again, start exerting an influence on the system. You know, traditionally, uh, you know, water clarity will double to triple. So if we're hanging around, you know, eight feet normally for, for water clarity midsummer, it's going to, you know, probably be in the 16 to 24 foot range. That's a pretty meaningful shift, especially if you're a walleye angler or even a muskie angler. Uh, you know, clear water conditions can make for really uh, tough bite. Um, conversely, smallmouth, based on what we've seen in, in other places, not just in Minnesota, but across the smallmouth range, smallmouth seem to do really well uh, when the water clears up. In, in, you know, in leach, and we've talked about it before, they've always been present in the background in low numbers. It sounds like they've, they've already started taking off a little bit on their own. You know, the habitat's certainly there, the the forage is certainly there, particularly crayfish. And now with you know, our winters getting uh, traditionally a little bit shorter, doesn't feel like it this year, but you know, as, as a whole, our winters tend to be getting a little bit shorter. Growing season is getting a little bit longer. Smallmouth are not as confined uh, as they used to be. So um, we expect they'll, they'll probably uh, really take off and do well out here. Uh, yeah, well, I would think so. Um, you know, um, 
I guess a lake as popular as Leech, with the number of boats coming in and out of that and all the things that go along with that, not to sound defeatist, but it really was only going to be a matter of time, you know, based on what we're seeing in, throughout the state of Minnesota right now. Yeah, you know, we knew it was going to be an uphill battle, and, and you know, DNR obviously has been very engaged on the issue. The counties have also been very engaged on the issue with, uh, you know, watercraft inspections and those sorts of things. And, you know, to the credit of those programs, this was the last of the big lakes in this vicinity to uh, become infested with zebra mussels. So, you know, from that perspective of, of delaying infestation, you know, the programs certainly have merit, and, and I think, you know, boaters and, and anglers are doing a better job of uh, not moving stuff around than they did before, I think, because we all realize, you know, the implications that can have. More with Doug Schultz on Leech Lake next. This is FPBC. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. I'm Kev Jackson. My guest today, Doug Schultz. He is the Walker Area Fisheries Manager, and we are discussing the great Leech Lake. Well, you got a great walleye population, as we talked about, and, and great bass population, both largemouth and now smallmouth, it appears. Uh, and certainly, we have seen a lot of big muskies coming off your lake the last couple of years, too. Yeah, and you know we don't have a lot of data to work with for muskies, actually. Uh, it's something we did start doing uh, with our current management plan is reaching out to the muskie tournaments, uh, the traditional muskie tournaments on the lake, and asking tournament partic- participants to fill out basically a a, a form that serves uh, as a creel survey form for us. So, how long were you fishing? How you know how many fish did you catch? How big were they? And you know, consistently, you know, fish in the in the low to mid fifties, uh, showing up every year. And uh, you know, the past couple of years, in particular, a, a lot of fish uh, being caught in the mid to mid thirties to mid forties. So, uh, you know, that mus- musky population is in excellent shape, and you know, just continues to produce fish year after year. That's one of the things I, I always like to look at the uh, Twin Cities Muskies Inc. Um, results and just, you know, where are the muskies coming out from, where are the biggest ones coming from. What we find consistently every single year is that the most, and that's not even close, come off Leech Lake. Um, they don't usually get the biggest fish, but I sure have noticed a lot more 50-plus inches in the last three, four years. Yeah, and, and you know, what's really interesting uh, from from doing those tournament uh, self-creel forms is uh, very consistently the average amount of time to, to catch a fish you know when you you break out the total number of fish caught divided by the total number of hours spent fishing it's right around 40 hours per fish so it's it's pretty interesting you know the amount of effort you got to put in put in for them but uh, boy you know what a tremendous opportunity absolutely and you've uh, got plenty of northerns in that lake as well yeah yeah, pike population typically is in that four to six uh, fish per net range. Um, you know, we'll see pike in the mid thirties pretty much every year, and, and uh, you know, every winter we usually hear of a couple forty inches being caught uh, by by ice anglers. So, uh, you know, really really high quality pike population overall. Okay. And and I should mention too that uh, with the new pike zone regs uh, being implemented this year, Leech Lake is in the north central zone. So the new pike regulation that would apply to leech, which is the statewide reg uh, for this part of the state, is uh, possession limit of 10, 
only two two of those fish can be over 26 inches, and all pike 22 to 26 inches must go back to the water. Okay. And yeah, that's uh, that's the new reg. It's going to be in place for a while, and uh, obviously, we're hoping um, you know a few years down the road we'll we'll start to see even more big fish. Yeah, that, that's that's the goal of the regulation to start moving the needle. You know, protect fish for a couple more years. You know, what used to be, you know, your, your really nice pike used to be 29 to 32, even 34 inches. That was kind of normal. You know, now the new normal is the 24 to 26, 24 to 28 inch range. We've, we've you know, our pike quality has slowly gotten gotten worse over the years, and hopefully this, this regulation is a step towards improving that and, and bringing some of that back. Okay. And, of course, uh, Leech Lake also has plenty of areas where you'll catch uh, some bluegills and some crappies, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the smaller bays, like Miller's Bay over by Whipple, for example, uh, you know, the north ends of Sucker and Portage Bays, more vegetated portions. And then, you know, most of that actually occurs in Steamboat Bay and, and Boyan Headquarters Bays on the east and west sides of the lake. Um, you know, tremendous, tremendous opportunity, uh, you know, really high size quality, you know, crappies in the mid to upper teens, uh, bluegills in the, you know, 9 and 10 inch range, uh, really, really nice size quality populations and, and, you know, really fairly abundant in those areas as well. Okay. Um, one of the areas of concern I've heard, I think I think we've talked with you about it and I, I think I've heard from some other guides about it, uh, somewhat of a concern about perch numbers. Yeah, perch have been on the, on the lower end of lower end of the historical uh, range in terms of gillnet catch rate the past uh, five or six years. Um, a lot of that is, some of that is probably attributed to our walleye management. You know, we did a lot of fry stocking uh, through the mid to late 2000s into about 2014. And, uh, you know, what we saw was a higher fry density in the system. The, the poorer, the perch year class that was produced the same year, so they're basically queuing them down. So we affected the, the number of, of perch reaching the adult population by doing that. And then, again, uh, you know, we're above goal uh, with our walleye population right now, uh, largely because we just haven't had a poor year class. And when that happens, you know, poor year classes, the nice thing about them is they do give the prey base a break. <laughs> and, you know, we haven't had that break in about a 10-year period right now. And, and that's had a lot to do with uh, where we're at today. So. We're hoping by loosening this walleye regulation up a little bit, we can get a positive response out of perch as well. Anything else anglers can do to help that cause? Well, you know, it's 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 always tempting to keep a limit of twenty, but uh, you know, there's no harm in throwing some fish back either. What's the uh, ideal size you'd like back in the water? Uh, you know, bigger perch are always nice to keep in the system. Yeah. The same with everything else. Uh, more fecund, more eggs you know, per individual. Uh, you know, the big one is, you know, temp- temper that, that uh, urge to, to keep 20. And I know it's, it's a tough fish to scratch, especially, uh, you know, you get a year like this where uh, getting around on the ice has been pretty tough or, uh, you know, you, you're fighting a lot of wind on a trip and it's nice to just get a good meal. But, uh, you know, don't, don't stockpile them in the freezer. Okay. I know uh, we've we've already talked about zebra mussels. I know you've got a couple of other AIS issues that you watch closely on uh, Leech Lake. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, we got uh, Eurasian water milfoil present. And that's that's expanded. That's uh, we used to uh, control that in the harbors uh, just to reduce uh, transport to other systems, and it's it's really taken off 
in the last few years. You know, we have beds established now up in Sucker Bay, uh, you know, another in Miller's Bay over by Whipple. So it's it, it, it's starting to establish in the lake, and, and uh, you know, there's just not much we can do about it from a management perspective uh, at this point. Um, rusty crayfish are present in the lake. Uh, you know, their abundance uh, varies quite a bit, but, uh, you know, one of the interesting things we've seen play out is has been uh, the relationship between our perch population and our rusty crayfish uh, population. When perch abundance is high, crayfish numbers tend to be down, um, and vice versa, and a lot of that, I think, is just, you know, perch eating those little uh, soft-shell young crayfish. Uh, you know, they look like uh, any other bug you know, down on the bottom like a brewery mayfly or something like that, uh, they really tee off on them and, and actually put a dent in them. So, you know, if we can get some improvements back in the perch population, hopefully we, uh, you know, knock that crayfish population down a little bit. And then the other one is they are going to be a, obviously a good uh, food source for smallmouth if, if smallmouth do take off. Okay. It is uh, interesting how different uh, areas have different perspectives. I remember talking to a guide from... Lake Erie, uh, and he was thrilled when they got zebra mussels in there. Um, we don't have that same response here. Um, our our water is already in good shape. We don't need them to clean it up. Well, and, and you know, generally we're walleye anglers first, and and uh, you know that's that's pretty common in this state. And when it comes to walleye fishing, uh, you know, zebra mussels are going to make it more challenging. That's that's just that's part of the deal. And uh, you know, right now we're in a good place. Um, you know, we expect that's eventually going to change a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Other than the uh, things we've already talked about, anything that concerns you on Leech these days? No, uh, you know, our water quality is really good. Uh, the perch population is probably uh, the biggest, and, and, again, we're hoping that turns around a little bit with an adjustment in walleye fishing regulations. Uh, again, public meeting for, for that proposed change is going to be uh, early fall, so late September, early October. Uh, folks will have the opportunity to comment, and uh, you know certainly uh, look forward to uh, hearing what folks think about that. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, this seems like a good year to talk about ice out, uh, <laughs> and you chased down some information on that. Uh, it, it, what is the what? What are the numbers you came up with, Doug? Well, we're all sitting here kind of wondering what ice out really means at this point, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, historical early was uh, actually in 2012. We had that really uh, warm March, uh, you know, 70 degrees in March, and, and the official ice out date on Leach was April 2nd that year. Uh, the historical late was May 23rd, back in 1950. Wow. So uh, certainly don't, uh, I think none of us are hoping we uh, we uh, push that record. Um, the long-term average is April 26th, and, you know, we're probably not going to get there this year with, uh, you know, somewhere between three feet and, you know, low 40s inches of ice. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the weather just isn't cooperating right now, but I think when it happens, it's going to happen pretty quick. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see uh, see some folks still stand on the ice on, you know, May 1st this year. Um, you know, just a little perspective, uh, the last few years, this, is, this happens about once every five to ten years we get a real late ice out that, you know, can... Uh, caused some problems with the fishing opener. Um, May uh, 2013 uh, was was the most recent one. Uh, Park Rapids hosting the governor governor's opener that year, and uh, you know the official ice out date that year ended up being May 15th on Leach. Um, 
2008 was was the other in the more recent past, and I remember that one. There's a you know a lot of rigs that put out at Erickson's Landing opening day on Saturday. Uh, you know, got the walleyes were coming back in, and the wind had shifted, blew the ice sheet in front of the access, and you know everybody was having a hard time getting off the lake. So, you know, the big one is just uh, you know be prepared uh, for the conditions. Uh, it may not cooperate opening weekend, uh, but you know hopefully things are, are loosened up shortly after that. And, and I think we're going to have really good fishing uh, the front part of the season. Uh, the last uh, few years, it's you know it's been really good through about June, and then uh, you know the mayflies hatch and things really kind of shut down a little bit for the day bite uh, midsummer. You know, evenings and mornings tend to be best, and then uh, it's picking up again in the fall. So that's been the pattern in the last few years. We'll see all that repeats this year. But I, once the ice is gone, I think we're going to have really good fishing early. Hey, just a quick question. Um, you know, oftentimes when we get those really late ice outs, and again, it looks like that could happen this year, it affects the spawn, spawn's running late. Is there something we should do as anglers to, to, to try to avoid messing with the spawn too much? Well, don't run your motors up in the real shallow water if you can help it. Um, you know, that stirs up the sediment, and the eggs that are down end up getting getting covered with that stuff and, and uh, suffocated. Uh, you know, stay offshore a little bit, you know, pitch in, stuff like that. Okay. Well, we uh, had a chance to talk with Doug Schultz about one of the, the true gems in the North Country, that is Leech Lake. Uh, by and large, in good shape. Uh, we'll give it a letter grade, Doug. Where are we at with Leech Lake? I'd say we're... We're about a B plus to A minus again. Uh, again, the perch are, are really our only concern right now. Everything else is is really doing great. So, all right, Doug Schultz, the Walker Area Fisheries Manager, giving us the scoop on leech. Hey, Doug, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kev.